make sure that you go to Golden Ink Tattoo, located at 3109 Airline Boulevard in Portsmouth, Virginia. Give them a call at 757-465-1010 to book an appointment with Denise, Kitty, Jay, or Kane. And I'm not talking about the big red machine either. You can go there, you mention Leveling Up Banks, and you get 10% off of your tattoo. So if you're looking for a tattoo, get your tattoo at Golden Ink Tattoo. Yeah. Hey, what's good, everybody? It's me, your hero, Benjamin Banks, and you are listening to a brand new episode of Loving Up with Benjamin Banks. And joining me, as always, is my co-host, Rebellious D and Trav. How you fellas doing today? Hey, All what's right, up, ready baby? To go, man. You know. Hey, man, it's always cool hearing you guys' voices, and uh, it's always cool that everybody who supports us and listens to us each and every week. Absolutely. So uh, how you fellas doing today? Hey, you know, I'm feeling kind of hungry. Mm. I don't know why. I'm ready to go. Well, if you're feeling kind of hungry, uh, isn't uh, Rally's slogan, you got to eat? No, nah, I don't know about that, but I know. You got to eat, Rally. Right? I just grabbed me a Snickers. Ah, hey, you're not so yourself. were you angry earlier? Not to myself. They ain't got to be angry. They're not always angry in the commercials. Sometimes they're dumb. Sometimes they're confused. Sometimes yep. they don't know what's going on. I could be a multiple, multiple things. Multiple, That's all right. You can be like a uh, Sensui on Yu Yu Hakusho. I could be, or I could Maybe be. Maybe if he would have ate a Snickers and, you know, he would have been fine. I could be like one of the 50 characters in Space Jam 2 that, oh, they, that, they, they, that they threw in the trailer. Or you could be one of the 100 characters in Ready Player One. That's right. Hey, I'm ready for yep. Ready Player Two. I'm ready for uh, it as well, man. Um, but yeah, so on today's episode, we are interviewing a very talented person. They are a voice <laughs> actor. This is somebody I slid in their DMs and they were like, yeah, I want to come on. I want to be interviewed. And I just love when we slide in people's DMs and they always say yes. I don't think we've ever slid in somebody's DMs and they said, nah, I'm good. So thank you to <laughs> all of our guests. They that just left come you on red. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but yeah, they left us on red, a couple of them, but uh, you know, luckily uh, it always turns around and they're just like, hey, I want to come on and be interviewed by you guys. So on today's episode, we have voice actor Brian Overa, mm-hmm. and uh, let's go ahead and give him a call and get into today's episode. But before we do this interview, Here's a word from our sponsors at Leveling Up with Benjamin Banks. Do you love decorating your home with your personality and showing people who you are as soon as they enter the room? But maybe it's just so difficult to find what you are looking for. Maybe some Pokemon card coasters. Or maybe even some Totoro miniature vases. Hell, maybe even a Star Wars Rebel logo canvas for your wall. Well, luckily for you, us over here at Leveling Up with Benjamin Banks have teamed up with Nerdy Crafts by Tiny T to give you what you've been looking for. Nerdy Crafts by Tiny T has opened up her Etsy shop where you can decorate your home and yourself with your favorite nerd from anime to Disney animations or even mythical creatures. If you are looking for it, Tiny T from Nerdy Crafts has got it. You can find Nerdy Crafts by Tiny T by searching Nerdy Crafts by Tiny T on Facebook and Etsy or by clicking the links provided to you on the Level Up with Benjamin Banks podcast page. Also, make sure you use the code LEVELINGUP at checkout to save yourself 10% off your purchase. That's code LEVELINGUP at checkout to save yourself 10% off. Decorate your home with Nerdy Crafts by Tiny T today. Brian, thank you for joining us here on Leveling Up with Benjamin Banks. How are you doing today, sir? I'm good. Thank you for having me. Hey, thank you for responding to me when I slid in your DMs. Hey, and hey. like everybody knows, that's what we do here on Leveling Up with Benjamin Banks. We slide into do. the DMs. 
And sometimes they say yes, sometimes they say no, but most of the time they just leave us on red. So thank you, Brian, for <laughs> responding hey, Brian, to the message. Hey, that, that's our business, man. You got to put that out there like that embarrass us. <laughs> hey, bro, hey. No <laughs> shame, bro. Here at Leveling Up with Benjamin Banks, man, we let everybody know what's Keep good, real, man. I guess. And hey. uh, before we get into today's review, I mean, not review, uh, See, look we at do so you. many videos. We do yep. so many videos now, and it's like, <laughs> this guy, mm-hmm. it's D- like I get hey, the reviews D, like and the said, interviews mixed up. But, D uh, called it every episode, bro. Gotta hey, mess it up, man. Hey, 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 you were supposed to come in with the soft save, man. I could, man. Bro, you gave him no room. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I mean, no space. Hey, well, I mean, well, D, you know, you used to just shooting, uh, shooting the shot, man. It's yeah, like, man. I needed Trav to catch me. Yeah. Nice. It's like Trav, Trav. I mean, Trav. I know you have the ear, so it's just like you already knew that I was, I was fumbling. So you should have, you should have put your hands out and caught your fellow man. That's all I'm saying. We could try it. We could try it. We tried. But uh, Brian, what we ask everybody who joins us here on Leveling Up with Benjamin Banks, we ask them, what is their origin story? Who is Brian Overa? Let us know. What's your origin story? Oh boy. Um. Let's see. I was born in Santa Barbara, California. When I was a couple months old, um, my family decided to move to Dallas uh, due to work uh, reasons that, you know, the cost of living in L.A. But, you know, Mm -hmm. we got that Um, first generation American come from a long line of uh, of uh, Mexican immigrants, specifically from Guadalajara, Jalisco, Mexico. Wow. Um, Nice. So yeah, I'm on the the lighter the lighter side, you mm-hmm. know. So mm-hmm. a lot of us actually are, because um, we did our genealogy and turns out, oh, Spain. I'm like, really? Couldn't tell. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, was going through my childhood. I was a hardcore tsunami kid. Um, you know, tsunami, Yu Gi Oh, the the. You know the, the classics. That's right. That's right. Gundam yeah. Wing, Johnny Voltron. So yeah, exactly. We got Rolling that. You Warriors. Know, big O. Hey. Big O. Big O, Big Outlaw o. Star. Hey, Outlaw, yep. everybody know Outlaw Star Outlaw top Star. five uh-huh. for your boy. Uh-huh. 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 Hey, exactly. we had the classics on Toonami back in the day. Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. So we got that. Um, I started really kind of getting into just most pop culture. I was like in high school, especially like when Yu-Gi-Oh! Pokemon was the thing. Like I'm a hardcore Poke fan. Um, and then I went to college a couple years, didn't know what I wanted to do. I started, you know, doing some engineering stuff, some game development stuff. Like I really did not know what I wanted to do, uh, growing up. And I guess that's just kind of me saying, look, if you don't know what you want to do with your life right now, you got time. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I, I didn't stumble into what I wanted to do until I was 24 years old. And that was when I decided to get into writing for film and television uh, and then I decided to take uh, a semester of acting just to kind of learn the vocabulary, learn the terminology, learn how to think like an actor, direct an actor. You know, uh, when you know the foundations and know who you're working with, I think that really helps out, especially in writing or, or directing. Um, now, this is the funny story about my voice acting origin. I was on Facebook and Todd Habercorn put out like an ad for like a local con he was doing in my in my hometown up hometown that i was growing up in in irving and i was like i got nothing going on so i decided to go i signed up went to the event break got my ticket went over there and as i arrived i uh saw that they were gonna do like a competition 
like a like a ADR competition, and I was wow. already a semester deep, a semester mm-hmm. deep in acting. <laughs> and I love my acting professor. Her name is uh, Gail Crownauer. She's been in a lot of stuff, and she's taught some of Funny's best. She's taught Laura Bailey. She's taught Sherry Lee. So, oh, wow. you know, nice she's taught drop. some big names. Yeah, nice exactly. Name. Uh-huh. I, I, hey, I, I know how this works. Yeah. I know how this works. <laughs> um, you know, and uh, I, I said, you know what? Let's see what happens. You know, I decided on a whim, on a whim. That's how my journey started. I'm like, let's see what a semester of acting gets me. So TLDR um, made it to the finals. Didn't win. But this is how I met Morgan Berry. Marissa Lenti and Don Bennett. Wow. That is that we all started around the same. We actually nice. met at that con. I think Morgan won that competition. And one of the judges happened to be Tyler Walker, the uh, ADR director for Fairy Tale. You know, when I met, I met Tyler and I met Todd Sabat and I met uh, Tyler's wife, Heather, who uh, does a lot of uh, stuff for uh, fairy uh, for fairy tale and a lot of stuff for Funimation, and we just talked. Like the competition was over, I was in like the top. I I got I got my what, what do you call it, the podium. I made podium. Uh-huh. You know, like it like nice. in a, like in a racing game. I made podium. That's all yes. that matters. <laughs> you know? And uh, we started talking. I was telling them, oh, this is what I'm taking acting with. This is what I'm into, and you know, just talking shop like we're doing now. And then it was like a week later. I get a phone call from Tara, um, who was the talent coordinator for Funimation. It's like, you know, it's like, hey, uh, you know, this is Tara from Funimation. Uh, one of our directors gave you your number and wanted to see if you wanted to come in an audition. The rest was history after that. I was about to say, and then you said no, right? <laughs> it's like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but that's literally how it started on a whim. I was just like, let's. Let's see what happens. I had no expectations. I had no, like, this sounds weird, but I had no aspiration for it. You know, uh, like, I just wanted to write Mm -hmm. and direct for television and film because filmmaking is actually in our our family blood. On my mother's side, um, from my grandfather, uh, I, I have an obscure relative. You might know him, Guillermo del Toro. Oh, wow. Is a pretty obscure relative. Uh, like the connection, according to everyone in my family and some of the genealogy work I did, my grandfather and his father were cousins, and my mom used to actually watch him when he was younger. Nice. Born to do this. Oh, so, and it's funny. It's, some, it's all in the family. Yeah. Oh. And what's funny, some people, if they pull up pictures of him and me, especially when I used to have facial hair, not anymore, uh-huh. we look actually relatively similar. Uh, it just came on the screen. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But that's how I started. You know, and the rest was history, and I just kept doing my best. You know, it went from fairy tale to let's see, I think it was fairy tale, world breaker, one piece. Then I got my first big name in Servamp, and then later on down the line, Dragon Ball Baby. Dragon Ball. Nice, oh, nice, nice. I, I feel like, uh, you know, any all right, like when it comes to wrestling, right? Because mm-hmm. I wrestle in the indies, and I feel like everybody's goal is to eventually one day wrestle in WWE. Um, you know, that's it's, it's a dream that everybody has when they say that they, you know, if they want to be a wrestler, that that's one thing that they always, you know, aspire to do. And I feel like mm-hmm. when it comes to voice acting, uh, you know, most of us like like you, you grew up watching Toonami and Dragon mm-hmm. Ball Z and another one like Pokemon. Like those were like the big animes back in the day. So I always feel like it's it's cool when 
you get into this field and it's just like, man, I hope that I could do something in Dragon Ball, which thank God, yeah. thank God Dragon Ball came back because if not, then, you know, mm-hmm. you never would have even had the opportunity. Now, Pokemon, on the other hand, you could you could possibly have a chance of getting in Pokemon, but now with Dragon Ball Super back, uh, you know, mm-hmm. that opportunity, I feel like anybody who grew up watching Dragon Ball is going to try to jump to you know, be in that show. And mm-hmm. not only did you voice one character on Dragon Ball Super, you had the opportunity to voice two characters. So mm-hmm. I want to ask you, like, how did it feel when, <laughs> you know, you went into the audition and you landed the role? Well, the funny thing with these roles, um, cause like I've auditioned for some of the bigger parts of the show. Um, it, you know, it, this was way back when the show was still under pre-production, like for the dubbing and everything. And, yeah, uh, you know, didn't get any callbacks, but I was being called in. Uh, and this was actually how I met Raleigh Pickens, who does a lot of the ADR direction. If Sabbath's not directing uh, mm-hmm. Dragon Ball, Raleigh is. Yeah, And, you know, that's how I got to meet Raleigh and I got to work with Raleigh. He brought me in and I got to, like, Grill was my first uh, foot into the Dragon Ball universe. So right. that, w- that was cool. Not only did I get to voice Grill, but I got to voice in a tiny filler arc that brought yeah. in right. Ryan yeah, Drummond. Yeah. yeah. The, ori- yeah. the original Vegeta. Vegeta. Yeah, that was Which awesome. was so, uh, oh, nice. Like, just, it was it was so much fun. And, you know, working with Raleigh is always a treat. And then the funny thing with the Tournament of Power was there are so many named parts in the Tournament of Power. Mm-hmm. They basically said, this is an all-hands-on-deck thing. We're basically going to be using everybody. Nice. Because Tournament of Power, I think, is roughly about a roster of close to 70. It's like a Smash Brothers roster. It's a <laughs> bi- it is a big roster. And um, what was funny is, I really hope, this, this is cool for me to say this, but they made an actual roster sheet. Like, when I got called in, it's like, hey, you know, the Tournament of Power's coming up. Obviously, we wanted to, you know, use you. And they printed out a big roster sheet of everyone. All the universes, all the gods of destruction, all the champions everything and it's yeah. in a nice laminate it's laminated all this right is wild <laughs> and then with a dry erase marker they've been marking off who's been cast uh-huh. who's who and raleigh just puts down the laminated sheet and circled a couple options that said pick one nice now did you know now let me ask you did you know who the characters were when you chose a little bit okay. um like I kind of stopped with Dragon Ball for a while because when I got into college college work took a lot of my time and I kind of yeah. fell out of it but I like I like to pick if I had you know if not every day you can get a chance to just pick your mm-hmm. job like pick yeah. one <laughs> but this was just like me I just wanted to go with what kind of you know clicked with me you know and I, I saw some pretty cool characters because there was a good chunk of the of the roster was already cast yeah um but then when I saw and I guess the fun little when I saw this boy that when boy. I saw when I saw nice. show sub I was like you know what Let's he looks cool. Let, yeah, yeah, he looks yeah. badass. He yeah. looks cool. He looks like fun. And I said, let's do that one. And that was when I found out that uh, my character fights against Android 18 and Krillin. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And right. Krillin is voiced by Sonny Strait, who yep. I've taken classes. I've taken some of his classes. Oh, I've wow. worked with him. He was actually the, <clears throat> excuse me, the ADR director for Servamp. So I had like a very, in, I had a very intimate like six, 12 weeks of working with him because Servamp was one of the first uh, simul dubs. Like mm-hmm. I was one of the 
I got to f- experience firsthand right. the insane turnaround for simul dubs. Yeah, nice. The the one week turnaround per episode. It's like time coding, scripting, dubbing, mixing, finalizing in a week. In a week, let that sink in. Mm-hmm. And so I had first example of that, but that was. like really fun because you know i got to experience kind of my younger my younger years it's like not only am i new dragon ball i'm in it twice Mm -hmm. you know twice yep Mm -hmm. twice and technically three Three times times. Uh because uh funny enough i got called in for a live action uh adr session at okratron and then uh, they they said oh, all right guys as a rule because it was like me Damon Mills uh, I think Patrick McAllister a good couple people a good couple people and they said all right go to the next studio we got a surprise for you and we got to do additional voices for Broly nice uh, yeah, Broly hell movie. yeah so it was a lot of fun getting to voice like a bunch of like Saiyans uh, especially when like Frieza and all them invade the 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 planet Vegeta on the mm-hmm. the castle top mm-hmm. we got to play like a bunch of old a bunch of old gruff uh, uh, Saiyan counselors nice. and nice. aristocrats and that w- that was so much fun but yeah man you know, Dragon Ball's Dragon Ball's got a special place in my heart. Absolutely, it, everybody, man. Dude, and, you got me thinking about that opening fifteen minutes. Uh, yeah, Broly bro. too. It is so phenomenal. Yeah, man. like Brian, I was gonna ask you, like, how is it? Uh, because Dragon Ball Super Broly, like, it was already a big project, right? Mm-hmm. And you got to do some voice work in it. Like, were you just as hyped when you did the additional voice work? Compared to, well, not compared, but uh, when you actually alongside, did, alongside, like seeing the movie in person, because I like when me and Trav, we went to go see an opening night, mm-hmm. and it's just like everybody in the theater, like they were just so animated, so wild. Mm-hmm. so it was so wild. Like you are in the theater with Dragon Ball fans, okay. like how was it, like actually, like doing the recording and then going to the movie theater and like seeing it in person? Like was it was it just as uh, wild when you saw it in theaters? It was. I'm not gonna lie, it was a, a, a riot because like um I went to go see the movie with uh some of my some of my friends and colleagues uh with Team Four Star. Mm-hmm. So I got I got to go, we all As got to go, grouped up, you know, yeah. went to go see it. Um and like one thing with me, like I'm just happy to work. Right. What like I was like, my booth is actually right here. Like my actual nice. home studio is right here. So I'm constantly hustling, trying to get work, you know, but any gig I get, I'm eternally grateful for, you know, and to actually sit there at the Alma draft house when it was still, you know, RIP um, when it was still operating and just seeing that movie, because the movie was just great. Cause oh, like, so good. When I, um, because I got to do additional voices like throughout the movies. So I saw most major pieces. So when there were group shots, mm-hmm. I'm in there with Damon Mills and Pat McAllister. Like I'm in there. Mm-hmm. And Crazy. so I got to see a good chunk of the movie well before it finished uh, mixing and finalizing and being put out into theaters. And seeing it again, it was so good. And obviously, Credits were rolling up, and then I see my name. I even took uh-huh. a picture. I took a picture before I got caught by the draft house staff. I'm like, no, 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 I'm in that movie. I'm just taking a picture <laughs> of the credits. <laughs> and um, it, it was just great because I mean, that movie, that movie, it's phenomenal. Yeah, it was. But, a, it was a good movie, man. And yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy that uh, it it feels like uh, that movie it just came out, but it came out years ago now. Yeah. Man. 
And uh, it's still a favorite amongst a lot of fans. And Mm -hmm. a lot of people are, uh, you know, hoping and wanting to know when Dragon Ball Super, the anime, is going to return. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, like, you've already had your foot in the door now three times with this series. So, I'm I'm sure that when it comes back around, you'll be back in the next season for it. Hopefully. Pinky's up. Hang on. Fingers crossed. Fingers (laughs) crossed. <laughs> now I do got a question though, since you know mm-hmm. you said you went with some of the guys from Team Team Four Star, and you know mm-hmm. um, the, what what is that kind of weird? Because I and clear up any rumors or anything, but I know they got a rocky relationship with Funimation as far as you know allegedly Funimation getting them their stuff taken off and all this stuff. Is it when you have a friendship with somebody like that who's kind of rocky with? people that hire you to do stuff like how is that kind of weird because banks knows from wrestling it's like there's a lot of wrestling fans mm-hmm. but sometimes they can get dicey mm-hmm. when you got all these other companies and stuff so like yeah let's see um funny enough um hey no pun intended yeah i just realized <laughs> what i said um i i met them when my career was still kind of starting mm-hmm. so i was still kind of you know, finding my footing at Funimation mm-hmm. and I'm freelance. Like right. I tr- I try to be like, I try to not pledge allegiance to anybody because it's like, look, I'm a freelancer. I'm, I'm, I go where the work is. Exactly. Mm-hmm. It's know? just like wrestling. That's yeah, like, exactly. Yeah. It's like, Hey, I go where the work is, you know, you got, you got a job. Yeah. I'll do it. If the check doesn't bounce. Good. And then we move on and have a good day. Um, you know, and I've watched like funny enough when I met them, I didn't even know who they were. I'm, right. like, what's it? I'm like, what's it? I knew, I knew about Martin. I knew about little Karibo because it was Yu-Gi-Oh! Bridge. Mm-hmm. Like, right. That's the first thing I saw. I didn't even see Dragon Ball Bridge. I saw the Yu-Gi-Oh! Bridge. And most people did. And I was aware of it because, you know, a lot of my friends uh, would love sharing, would mm-hmm. love sharing those videos. And I'm really good friends with Martin as well. Right. And, um, you know, it's, we keep this, perf- you know, the, you know, the, the, Leela's Boston in Futurama. I like to keep my personal and professional life separate because right. it's like, look, yeah. we're we're here to we're here to see a movie. We're here to have a good time. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't. I keep. Here's the thing for any any advice for people who are in an industry as insane as this because it's a crazy industry. Mm-hmm. Anything yeah. entertainment wise, look, just you know, be polite. Keep your head down. Keep working. Don't look at anyone else's sheet. Just go because. You know, it's okay to like put yourself like you got to put yourself out there, but you know, sometimes you got to know when to do that. Mm-hmm. It's it's something you got to be very careful with, especially the you know these days because mm-hmm. with social media, we see and hear everything, and people talk. Yep. It's yep. A, it's a cold hard fact. People talk. I'm sure I'm sure people have said things about me. And you know what? It's the nature of the business, and I don't take it personally. It's like, look, it is what it is. It's their perception of me. That's fine. I, you know, I'm in control of what of my actions and what I do, mm-hmm. and I'm just here to treat anyone I work with with as much respect as possible and make sure everyone has fun and things get done on time. Mm-hmm. You know, and they're good boys, right? You know, like they love the franchise Obviously. and like yeah. they love the franchise and they try to do their legal due diligence, the disclaimer and stuff like that. And like, this is my opinion, you know, it doesn't reflect on Funimation or anyone else, but it's like, it's parody. Right. Yeah, exactly. If, if, yep. Dor- if Dorkly can get away with this with Mario. Yeah. You know, but 
you know, this is also, um, it's a more complicated issue because especially in uh, companies like Toei, which yep. I believe is like, if I were to get make a metaphor, they are like the Warner Brothers of Japan. Right, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. They, are, yeah they are. They are. And, you know, they have a different mindset in how they conduct business and how they view people handling their IP, both in a non-monetization way and a monetization way. And I get that, you know. Um, but, you know, that's just kind of th- the way things are. And I'm still in touch with them. I've st- I've st- I've done parodies for them. You know, mm-hmm. I like I, yeah, I saw voice some stuff in your yeah. reel. <laughs> yeah, I I voice I the voice JoJo Banks. Nah, hey, you know yeah. I saw the JoJo. Of you course, you know I saw the JoJo. Yeah, you know, and like, or even when they did Final Fantasy Machinaverse, I was yeah, there. So I was yeah, there. The, Sid, Highway. dude, you got to be Sid, bro. Uh-huh, exactly, Sid. I got mm-hmm. to be Sid, and you know, and and I tell people it's a parody. You know, right, yeah. it's a parody work. A you know, it, 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 like. Like I said, I go I go where the work is because it's freelance. You know, you yeah. gotta mm-hmm. you gotta work constantly to you know keep the lights on, pay your rent, and everything like that. It's a tough business, you know. Yeah. As long as you, um, like I said, keep your head down, you just do the work, you treat everyone with respect, you're gonna be fine. And this yeah. stuff takes time. Mm-hmm. This stuff takes a lot a lot of time because, um, for example, I didn't book my first video game until like a few years after I started. And that was with Paladins. Right. With Hi-Rez. And then, you know, like, for example, I, st- I would still get auditions from them. I would keep auditioning, 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 and I would never really book anything, you know. And, I, and then, of course, I got to do some auditions for uh, Gearbox at the time. And then uh, I got brought in for for borderlands 3 where mm-hmm. i you know i played domino uh road dog which is a hilarious character because yep. it's it's just gearbox you know yeah. poking at blizzard and overwatch and mm-hmm. that was fun and you know um i got to voice krieg's cell root or his cell neighbor you know in that flashback dlc that was fun and sing terribly on purpose and <laughs> um like that's the thing um sometimes this stuff takes time, but as long as you have a positive attitude about it, you're respectful, you stay humble, and you mm-hmm. just be fun to work with. Just have fun. Yep. Have fun, and you'll they'll remember you. They're going to remember you, and it's like, you know, they didn't book this audition, but I like what they can do, and they seem really fun to work with, and they'll they'll call you in. Like, a good majority of my resume, I've just been called in because I'm easy to work with, and they know right. what I'm capable of. Yeah. Like, that's how it should be. It's yeah, like, man. you shouldn't be a person who uh, starts drama, starts rumors, causes mm-hmm. problems, because it's like, believe it or not, if you're that person in some fields, uh, people, they won't want to work with you. It's like you possibly might end up not even uh, working in that field because people mm-hmm. know the type of reputation that you have. I mean, and, and they tell other people. And they tell like, news travels fast. Yeah, I'm exactly. telling you, like, there have been situations in wrestling where, it's just like, you know, somebody was going around and running their mouths mm-hmm. and saying stuff that they shouldn't have been saying. Mm-hmm. And then once they get caught, because word always travels. And mm-hmm. when you think that uh, when you think that you're you're just talking to one person, you're in a locker room with a bunch of people and mm-hmm. you never know who that person knows. And that word gets back to them. And then, bam, they're no longer Over. in the wrestling business. Bam. So Hit them with bam. Bam. you have to, you have yeah, to exactly. you know, like I said, stay humble. Uh, one of the things that I've always done when it's come to wrestling, when I go in the locker room, it's like, you know, I shake everybody's hand mm-hmm. and I really, I, you know, I, I say friendly, 
But it's just like at the end of the day, it is business and you can't be friends with everybody, but you still, you know, you still want to play nice. You still say exactly. hey to everybody, you joke around, but at the end of the day, you're there to work. You're there to mm-hmm. you know, put money in your pocket, put food on the table. Yeah. And uh, so, so I get it, man. I mm-hmm. get it. Um, and Trav, I thought that that was a good question because I oh, know that you. that is something um, when it comes to Funimation and Team Four Star, I remember like a lot of a lot of fans who watched the Dragon Ball the Bridge series, like they were pissed off at Funimation, yeah, but yeah. it's just like nah, it's it's not on Funimation, it's it's on it's on Toho. You know what I'm saying? Like it's uh, dirt- Toei. Toho's Toei. Godzilla. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Even, yeah. But even if it was on Funimation, again, it's it's a business thing, and sometimes, yeah. man, it's just kind of how, how it, it is. Yep. Yeah, it's just kind of yeah. how it goes, dude. Now. Brian, I had a question for you. Um, yeah, one of hey, uh, me and, yeah, one of me and Trav's favorites is One Piece. Mm-hmm. Was that a was that a good project for you, or did it have did it hold any sentimental value for you? It looks like you got a story for me. Okay, uh, yeah. here's the thing. <laughs> I, I always have this joke. Yeah, uh, like I say, as long as One Piece is still running, there's a good chance I'm still I'm going to get some kind of work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because. One Piece is so much fun. Like I never like I kind of watched a little bit of it when it yeah. came out on I saw the four kids stuff. I know the rap. You yeah. know, I remember hey, one hey, hey, well for people who don't know the rap, do you yeah. mind uh tell like, them I, I, I know I know a little bit of it, like it's been years, but like I, I'm more of like as an editor, I know the 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 changes to censorship. Sanjay, mm-hmm. it's a lollipop, not a cigarette, uh-huh. you know, and, yeah. and all that all stuff. The four yeah. kids stuff. But more importantly, how's that song go? Yeah, how's that song go? <sighs> Easy God. guys. Hey, what well, I'll join you on it. God, it's like I go, guy go. Let's see, dreaming, don't giving up. Luffy, dreaming, don't giving up. Let's see, was it Luffy? Um, Zolo, dreaming, Zolo, Zolo, dreaming. Don't give it up. Hey, hold on, it ain't Nami. It's Nami. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, you got to punch it with Nami. Yeah, exactly. Hey, Brian, for the longest time, me and D thought that they were saying "gotta go, gotta go." Yeah, I looked at the lyrics. I was like, "Is y'all yo?" What a day. That was what does Yayo yeah, even was mean? Was that just a like, <laughs> yeah, it might be slang. <laughs> it's gotta be slang, maybe. I'm maybe, not really sure. I'm not, I'm not sure either, but like One Piece, when I when I got into One Piece, mostly like bit parts and stuff, like, yeah, I, just One Piece, a One Piece session is always fun. Mm-hmm. It's always fun because you could because just look at how they're look at how Oda draws these characters. You can just right. go ham. Uh-huh. This mm-hmm. isn't Shakespeare. Nope. <laughs> you know, you got you got female you got female characters that are literal hourglasses. Their waistlines are like this. <laughs> you, know? you know, it's like you either look like this or you know your waistline's just a sphere. You know, uh-huh. it's exactly like you can go ham. You, you know, you can go gritty. You can go brutal. You can go angry mm-hmm. and nice. just get real hammy with it. And I love it. And that was actually how I met um, Joel McDonald who nice. was one of the main uh, ADR directors for One Piece at the time. And, you know, I got to meet, like, Joel. It's always a riot working with Joel. Because, like, what what's so great is, like, Joel will give you, like, this big synopsis. Like, okay, man, so I'm going to give you the, uh, you know, the 411 on this. So here's the scenario. And he'll go through this long <laughs> whole spiel. And uh-huh. I'm just playing a, and I'm just playing a big character that has, like, five or six lines. But it helps. Yeah. So I know what kind of inflection I got to give. I got to know who I'm sh- like, obviously you get the video picture, you know who you're shouting at and everything, yeah. but mm-hmm. he knows how to build the atmosphere for the scene. Even if you're just playing like, you know, a Navy soldier or a pirate or a fishman or, right, or yeah, a kid yeah. or whatever, mm-hmm. he knows how to set the scene. 
And it's just always fun because um, that's also how I've cut one piece is the reason my voice is more gravelly and textured now these days because of all the, <laughs> the screaming and the, mm -hmm. uh -huh. you know, and, and, and go ahead. I was going to say that's so crazy. I didn't know that he did one piece. I just know him because initial D is one of my favorite mm -hmm. animes. And, you know, he plays the main character Takami. So it's yeah. like, I didn't even know that he was yeah, um, directing I, on one piece. If I recall, it, one piece was shared between Mike McFarlane and Joel McDonald. They, okay, they kind of it depends that's on the still workload. two crazy names though. Hey, Mike McFarlane yeah. is a really, really cool <laughs> <Yeah>. guy. <laughs> My, Mike is a great guy to work with. Like he, every, everyone at Funimation, I love working with, uh -huh. you know, but when it's a one piece session, it's like, oh, I'm going to have a good day. To, my, right. thro my, my throat's going to get thrashed, but I'm going to have a good, good day. That's what she said. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Um, hey, real quick, um, uh, quick story about Mike McFarland. Um, it was the first con that I had went to here in Virginia. Mm -hmm. And it was, it was him and it was the original voice actress who voiced Ash and Pokemon. Mm -hmm. And everybody was in her line and like there was nobody in mike's line like there was a couple people that went over there and whatnot and this was at neko a couple years ago right no this wasn't neko this was a, i think it was called like bam toy games and toy con or something like that mm -hmm. oh, okay and so i go over to mike and i'm just like hey man you know i have this dragon ball z group on facebook called roshi's island and uh you know, uh, you know, I'm a huge fan. Oh my God, I remember this. Now that yeah. you're talking about it, you remember? Yeah. <laughs> unfortunately, my original Facebook account got deleted, but remember, he Ooh. did the video. He did the video. And I had asked him, I was just like, hey, do you think that you could do a video for like all of the fans in the group? Because, you know, we, we named the group after the character that, who you voiced. And he did the video and he even did the voice as Master Roshi. And it was just so cool because that was real cool. It's like, you know, I think it, he was charging like $40 to do it. And like mm -hmm. I said, there was nobody in his line. I told him who I was and whatnot. And I was also there promoting uh, the wrestling promotion that I wrestled at. And mm -hmm. he did it. He did it for free. And like, it, it was so cool, man. It's, it's just, I, I feel blessed to, uh, you know, get into situations like that where it's like I meet somebody. Because I, I don't know if you're big into horror, but um, oh, I met, yeah. uh, what's his name? Yeah, uh, he uh, plays uh, Jason Voorhees. Uh, he plays Jason. I met uh, Kane, Kane Hodder. Kane Hodder. Uh, nice, so nice. I met, there's this... Uh, Kane Hodder story is amazing, too. Yeah, it's, it's this horror <laughs> convention in, uh, in Williamsburg, right, called mm -hmm. Scares That Care. And good I'm name, in the bathroom. Yeah, it's a, said, charity, it's a charity event. It's a charity event. And I'm in the bathroom, and I'm wearing, like, this, uh, this original horror costume that I came up with. And then, like, he just walks in the bathroom, and he was just like, yeah, that's a sight to see when you come in the bathroom. And I'm just like, <laughs> I'm like, hey, I, I know who you are. You're Jason. And, and he was just like, yeah, that's me. And I was just like, hey, man, like, I know who you are. Can, can I get a picture with you? He was like, sure. And he took a picture with me and my friend James. And nice. uh, he, was a he was a real nice guy. And then I had made a reference to the Wayans brothers uh, when I was just like, man, there was this episode of the Wayans brothers where Marlon shook the president's hand. And, uh, and then Kane was just like, he's just like, yeah, I remember that episode too. And like, my mind was just blown. Cause you know, sometimes you, you mention references and stuff and you know, everybody doesn't watch the same stuff. Mm -hmm. So when I said that, I was just like, man, this guy's cool. And again, $40 to go at the table and meet him, mm -hmm. but to catch him in the bathroom. And it, it was just random. So <laughs> 
<laughs> I, like, yeah, man, I'll, I'll always remember those stories. That's your money's worth, huh? Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah, my money's worth. Yeah, yeah. good stuff. Now, it's Brian, time to um, take a tinkle. Yeah, man. Mm-hmm. Next question, sir. Mm-hmm. Do you see a two different angles to what you learned from doing uh, additional voices opposed to a main character? Are there two different angles to that and what you learn? Maybe the range of your voice mm-hmm. or anything like that? Well, when it comes to doing WALA, which is an acronym for With All Actors. Um, Interesting. WALA is basically, this is your improv homework. Like, mm. there's liter- there are so many shows. If I had a dollar for every time I had to do a 90 to two, 90 second to two minute WALA queue of just bar chatter, school <laughs> chatter, <laughs> high school chatter. That's like where so we, much where we just have to, We just have to make stuff up uh-huh. for two minutes. Wow. That two minutes can feel like an eternity if you're not prepared. Yeah. And I learned real quick. And especially because, you know, pre-COVID, um, you know, this was all grouped in-house like me and like three other people. They usually do wall in groups of four. And mm-hmm. this is how I, I made some of my uh, good friends like Travis Molyneux, especially uh, my buddy Travis, who recently has done some One Piece work. Great dude, excuse me. Big Godzilla fan as well. Nice. nice. We, would, nice. we would always do... When we're in a Walla session together, it's like, okay, you're my Walla partner. You're my Walla partner. So we're because like I will pick out who I work best with and we'll just rift. And some of the dumbest things we've said in Walla that they don't cut, like in Mix, the baseball anime, we said mm-hmm. some of the dumbest, <laughs> dumbest mm-hmm. things in Mix and they kept it. And I'm like, wow. Because like Ant- Anthony Bowling was just having a ride, but Walla is real good improv practice and it also gives you a little bit time to uh warm up and work out some things because you never want to experiment when you're on the clock like yeah, you do exactly. you do that you do that off the clock you do that uh when you take workshops and stuff like that um but when you want to pr- uh, practice something you you've nailed down pretty good but not concrete wall is a kind of a good way to do it especially um something i actually learned when i took uh, I took a workshop with Andrea Toyas, who is the voice over director for Blizzard. Nice. You know, she taught she taught us about the classic fantasy accent, the mid-Atlantic accent, or as I call it, I can't believe it's not British. Um, <laughs> and the easiest way to break that accent down is over-enunciating every word, speak it in a very breathy tone, and hit your D's and T's very hard, but not your R's. And that's the basic basis of it. So when you want to practice with like a dialect or an accent, you can kind of get away with it because they can, they mix in the elements, the music, the SFX, especially when it's like a battle scene, people letting out battle cries or whatever, you can kind of get away with it. But when you book a name part, it's like you lock this in, you, Mm -hmm. you make your choices for the character and you lock it in. Because when I did Servamp for Sunny, Every time I came back in, they would replay. Okay, we're going to play back a sample so you remember what you did last episode. And Sakuya, it was easy. It's just basically me, me talking with a shitting grin the mm-hmm. entire time. So <laughs> I kind of wish they had. I kind of wish they had the camera in the booth when I did that because I would always have this stupid Joker smile every time I'm talking. But yeah, and main role when you do a named part, 
you really got to lock in everything. But with Walla, it's more improv heavy and you can really experiment. And again, it's kind of like kind of like when you're on a field trip, you do the buddy system, find your buddy, find your buddy, because um, when I do Walla and, you know, luckily a lot of people are cool with it. I actually get a little bit like handsy, especially when it's like a bar scene. A lot of like grabbing shoulders, you know, the you uh, know shoulder yeah, yeah, checking yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah. I get really into it because you kind of have to. You can't just sit on a stool and then act and cut, you know, like act out a bar scene or sing a shanty while sitting like this. You have to sway with the music, sway with the cadence, and yeah. you know that's how I do. While I get really into it, and you know, people people dig it especially when we have to like i i sometimes end up being a conductor in wallace so when we have to do chants in unison Mm -hmm. i usually hold my hand up so you know (laughs) i'll do this and everyone kind of starts doing it and yeah that's basically how i feel the main differences for for additional voices or walla compared to a named part because when you do a named part you've made your choices to the character so you commit to those choices all Mm -hmm. the way through until that character is done or killed off or the show's done and with again with Walla, you, yeah. you play, you play, you play right. for ten, you have fun. Nice. Is, now, was that kind of like one of the last steps? Like they already got in the music, everybody's already laced their parts, and then they bring you guys in to do that stuff. So there's like it depends. a lot for you to go off of. It depends. Like what they typically do, especially when it's like a big scene, like Attack on Titan. You know, especially when there's big Walla scenes for Attack on Titan, usually it's a mix of men and women. So there's a girl's Walla and a boy's Walla. So sometimes the girl's Walla will get their Walla session done first so we can hear what they're doing, especially when it's, you know, ah! you know, panic, right, and, yeah, yeah. panic and yeah. screams in the street. You get something to work off of because, you know, some people are going to do their parts ahead of time of yours. And, you know, it's not just like boy walla girl walla it's boy walla one boy walla two girl walla one girl walla two so people are going to be before you and people are going to be after you so you will always have something to work with but with additional voices it depends on the show sometimes they have the the music already there sometimes they add it later in the mix but now because the simul dubs it's all there because they get all of their their music assets from the japanese companies to send them the assets hey guys just wanted to drop some knowledge on y'all a new uh, front of the podcast, Dewan O'Neill, has dropped his first novelization, Dear Dominic, a roadmap to his son, on Amazon. Grab your copy today. Now, Brian, uh, I want to piggyback off of Trav real quick. That's right. Let me hey, get that first piggyback. Bef- before you ask that question, yeah, go. I need you to show my man D this can't be figurine, bro. Uh-huh. Hey, so, I was going to bring that up. <laughs> yep. So... Let, for context, let me cascade it in there nicely. So again, worked with Joel. I've auditioned for One Piece Gold, you know, and I didn't really book anything. But, you know, Joel knows what I'm capable of. So he brought me in. And when he told me about this movie, you know, after the audition, everything, I'm like, oh, it's like Ocean's Eleven, but with pirates. Right. right. I yes. love it. That's, <laughs> a, that's <laughs> a great way to look at it. Yeah. Good and movie. then he, Yeah. And then he told me we have essentially a wacky racers bit. I'm like, you're joking. No. So he shows me this guy because, you know, my typecasting, I guess, is usually, you know, something loud and gritty, you know, mm-hmm. constantly. That's that's my bread and butter. Me nice. breaking my voice is my bread and butter. And he showed me this one racer that is in this big pickup truck with an anthropomorphic ox named Pork. 
in the back <laughs> voiced by josh Greeley, by the way and um i was like oh please let me see it in the japanese let's do it right now and i did yep there there he was just now on your screen and and well, i didn't I did do it. that on purpose either exactly i did it the movie the movie came out saw the movie movie was great years later i think last year or so i found out that in japan they had a bunch of figures for the movie and mm. my boy sick my boy got a figure that's so and, sick. Yeah, it's it's really cool. And they even got the the little tattoo on his arm, the beef nice. tattoo, and everything. Mm-hmm. Woody and outfit. Detail. The Woody yeah. outfit. The, the, the Woody. <laughs> it, is, it is the Woody it's outfit. It's totally the Woody uh-huh. outfit. Yeah. Exactly. No, but One Piece Gold was so much fun because I did Kent Beef Jr. and I also did a few of the prisoners that escaped. Like. Mm-hmm. I actually got to be the exposition guy. I got to do expository mm. dialogue explaining how this like gold prison cell works and like it's That's crazy. Just, it's so much fun. Like like I said, one piece is always a hoot. If I'm working with Joel McDonald, it's like, oh, it's gonna be a fun day. It's gonna be yeah. a it's gonna be a fun day and I'm gonna go ham. Yeah, before I piggyback, I wanna piggyback off of what you brought up just now. Back to One Piece. Mm-hmm. Do you have a favorite character in the series? Doesn't have to be a good guy or part of the straw hats. Do you have a favorite? Doesn't have to be, you know, no restrictions. Who you right. got? I'm kind of torn between a couple. Um, again, it, it's been a hot minute. Um, Hawkeye Mihawk. I mean, you know, yeah, sick, that's a nice game, yeah. you know, Great a good, good one. Like I'm, I'm a huge swordsman thing. Like that's yeah. what me and my dad bonded over. My dad is a big, like martial art, like swordsman fan. And nice. you know, we got, you know, Let's we, go. Hey, good stuff. And yeah, um, like, you know, we have the entire Zatoichi collection, the blind swordsman stuff. Yep. But oh, anyway, yeah. that's the something I loved about One Piece was all the swordsman characters. Oh, yeah. They right. play on it very well. And yeah, it's so good. And of course, uh, you know, Z- Zolo, you know, Zoro. Um, I loved his stuff. Sabbath does a great job with that character. Definitely. And oddly enough, I really dig Sanji. I love Sanji. Like, Sanji is mm-hmm. up there. Yeah, I think that's why it's such a fun show is because it's kind of all over the place. Mm -hmm. Just like uh, Zoro or Zolo, however you want to pronounce it, how he's a complete badass, but then he's terrible with directions. Right, right. Yeah, Yeah, he's just like, (laughs) yeah, "Yeah, I'll help you as soon as I get there. You know, and it's just fun. So it's just um, a lot to play with. Then you have Tom Tom Chopper. He's Mm -hmm. one of my favorites. That's what I'm saying, man. The characters are just so fun. Then you got uh, Brooks, you know. He's an undead musician, basically. Yep. His, basically, his his ability gave him a second life, but not his body. Mm-hmm. And it's yeah, just so right. fun to play with. Oh, yeah. And, and Ian does such a good job with that character. And Ian is a sweetheart. Mm-hmm. Like, every t- like when studio sessions were still a thing, you know, every time I see Ian, we would just catch up and nerd out because Ian is a bit... Like, let's see, Ian, Rico Friardo. Like, funny enough, a good chunk of people have Funimation big magic the gathering nerds like sick big i played a lot of magic coming up rico has won tournaments Mm. and i'm like you owe me a match dude Mm -hmm. i'm like i'm not gonna leave you alone i'm not gonna leave you alone until we play a game of commander Uh he's like you're not escaping me (laughs) now i want to piggyback off of what d just did Mm. where he showed his uh he sold his zoro collection zolo Mm -hmm. i'm sorry Mm. and Brian, you have a collection behind you. I see you have a GameCube Nintendo. Now, to our listeners who are listening, you're going to have to watch the video so that way that you can see Brian's collection. But I see you got the black GameCube Nintendo back there. Mm -hmm. What else do you have back there, man? 
Um, I'm going to try and like describe it as best I can for your listening audience. So I have basically the one, two, three. Uh, it's the four tier glass cases at Ikea. Yep. So top <laughs> rack. So top rack, you're right. GameCube, my original GameCube from, was it 2001 was when they came out? Yeah. Yep, my, I thought it was like 2004. Still works. That I still hear the bird chirp every time I boot it up. Damn right. <laughs> Hell yeah. Still works. Paper Mario, Thousand Year Door, in the box. Soul Calibur 2, in the box. Star Fox Assault, yeah. in the box. Star Fox Adventure, in the box. Yep. The shelf below it, I got some Atari cartridges and Atari mm. memorabilia that my buddy uh, George Edwards uh, from Austin bought, uh, got me. Some of the original Sword Quest cartridges, not Waterworld, because right, not Waterworld, because yeah. that's like $300. Um, I got the E.T. cartridge. I got the Berserk cartridge. I still have E.T. It's somewhere in my grandma's house, but I have it. I don't know where. It's just somewhere. It's somewhere. Good stuff. Like and it. right next to it is a Neo Geo Pocket Color. That's wild. With, with the box and the paperwork. And God. it's got a cartridge of Metal Slug in there. Nice, nice. Uh, Game Boy Advance SP, the Fire Engine Red, with Pokemon Fire Red in it and Pokemon mm-hmm. Emerald on top of it. And I got the... Monster Hunter Generations 3DS XL in there. And funny enough, while I was cleaning up my office, I found the box. Wow. There we go. So I, st- I still have the box. Speaking of collections, um, mm-hmm. I actually have the uh, Fire Emblem right here. Hey, nice. I yeah. see it. Oh, Unopened. Wow. Yeah. Ooh, Unopened. Unopened. Yeah. So yeah, uh, stuff right I, I there. I dabbled a little bit, just a little. I mean, bit. I want I want to grab something too. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, let me reach and get this. Uh, I got to put it up because, like Trav always says, I'm always sitting so far away. But I have this. Uh, Is that Vegeta? That's it's Vegeta. Vegeta, and it's signed by uh, Christopher Sabat. Nice. Like, w- one of the cool things about being a professional wrestler is we have some amazing fans and. This fan, his name is Tanner. He Mm -hmm. drove, Mm -hmm. I believe it was one of the cons in North Carolina. And Chris was there and Sean. And he got got me this too. It's Goku. He got both of them to sign these for me. That's nice. I was like, like, that's awesome, man. You know, this guy went to the con, right? So paid Mm -hmm. for a ticket to the con, drove there, paid for the pop. And paid the forty fifty dollars for your boy Benjamin Banks. Wow! All for your boy Benjamin Banks. I got a heart legit. of gold, man. Yeah, yeah, got, combo breaker. I got nothing. I got nothing. What you about bro. to bring out, Trav? No, Trav I just got, got this. Vol- I just got this volume three of IDW collection of turtles, Ooh, bro. Nice. My friend, my mm, friend Josie would love that. Good I'm stuff. A, yeah, everybody. I'm a huge turtles nerd. Nice job, team. But yeah, <laughs> no, I know one of uh, the coolest things that happened to Trav was when uh, IDW they had uh, what they they reshared your photo when you yeah, had yeah, the Ninja when, Turtles. Nice movie. when uh, the last Ronin came out, the first yeah. issue of Last Ronin, I took a picture with it and mm-hmm. uh, they put it up on their Instagram. It was like Last Ronin out, and it had me uh-huh. holding up the comic, and I was like, Holy crap, it, it, that's it was nice! It was crazy because uh. What's that? I met uh, Kevin Kevin Eastman. Kevin like, Eastman. He, had, he liked it, and he, he said Kalapaka. He, com- he commented right. on Trav's photo. And I didn't believe and when it. I had told him about it. He was just like, "Shut up, you're lying." I'm like, no. <laughs> <laughs> like, he literally commented on it, and, and then they then they shared his photo. So it's mm-hmm. always cool, man. When hey, hold on, like, hold on. And the guy that played Leonardo in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles one and two, he, he, he commented hey, on it as well. 
Hey, you bro, know what I mean? I've, been I've, in his D- I've been sliding in his DMs since season one of Leveling Up with Benjamin Banks, and he always leave me on radio. Dude, because so, he's a gold medal Olympian. <laughs> hey, look, man, we're going to get him up here on the podcast. I'm going to be like, look, man, I've been sliding in your podcast, I mean, not your podcast, but your DMs for years now. It's like, you got to hook us up, man. <laughs> and he's going to say, I know why I put the restraining out. <laughs> on you. <laughs> I'm gonna send you a message, all right. Oh, oh boy. You gonna oh, get man. the rest of his brothers? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> they gonna come after me. That's right. God. Uh-huh. But, but yeah, I guess to kind of wrap up the rest of the cabinet, um, under under that one, my original jungle green N64 mm, with wow. the transfer pack. With the transfer, Ooh, transfer pack. pack and I got mine is somewhere over there. And a pr- <laughs> protected box copy of Star Fox 64. Nice. Mm. Then below it, original SNES. Do with, a barrel roll. Yep. Uh-huh. <laughs> Do a barrel roll. And with the SNES, I got Donkey Kong Country, Shadow Run, and Mario Kart. That's Shadow Run. Yep. Good. And Ooh. a NES cartridge of Castlevania. Ooh, wow. Nice. And nice. a Funko Land sleeve. Wow. Funko Land. Now, R-I-P. listeners and viewers, if you don't know what yeah. Land is, Funko Land was. GameStop before it was GameStop. And nice. I remember when the first Funko Land opened up here in uh in Virginia. Yep. I remember like they sent like these newspaper art like not articles, but like they mm-hmm. like they were the size of newspapers and it showed it told you every single game that they had at Funko Land, all the way from Atari to current video games. But then they became GameStop and they got rid of all of the older games. Mm-hmm. But Dude, back when it first opened up, like yeah. that was like it was it was literally a video game heaven. And yeah. even there is a video game heaven here in Virginia. But it was literally like if there was a game that you wanted when you played it when you were a kid, if mm-hmm. there was a game that because I never knew that there was a Captain Planet video game until mm-hmm. like I saw I was just like, oh wow, there was a Captain Planet video game on the Nintendo. So yeah. So funny that you bring that up, Banks, because it was like wor- it was only word of mouth basically back then, you mm-hmm. know. Yeah. And it's so mm-hmm. if you look like go looking for stuff, it's like you find it. Uh Brian, mm-hmm. one question for you. Video game, old video games. Have you ever heard of a game called Rocky and Pocky? Yes, actually. Yeah. So tell I yeah. was telling, I think I was telling Banks this the other day, where I brought it up a couple weeks ago to him. I told him it's a really good game if you go back mm-hmm. and want to play something interesting. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so Damn, I've never heard of it. That yeah, is really old. He man. was just telling me it, that. Yeah, very fun. It was like one of the first games I played where you could actually collect different characters to play as, mm-hmm. and it's not like one, two, and three. It's like I think it's like eight or nine playable characters on it, but mm. it's oh, it's up there. Yeah. yeah, it's a lot of it's a lot of them. Yeah, fun game. Oh yeah, Thanks, Brian. Yeah, now, of course. Thanks for being a witness. <laughs> really happy. Now, Brian, I wanted to kind of piggyback and go back to uh, when you had mentioned that you had Star Fox 64 still in mm-hmm. the box and everything. Like, was that your favorite Nintendo 64 game? Because it definitely was in my top five for Nintendo 64 games. It's in my top five. Um, like, again, I've kind of been recollecting some of the stuff I've had in my childhood. Um, hence the SNES, the 64. I mean, I got to play PS1 somewhere in this yes. office. So I got to find... Um, I can get my hands on Stadium Pokemon Stadium Two mm. and the box. Mm. I'm I'm good. Those mini games alone. That's somewhere over my grandma's house. It, it's uh-huh. either somewhere over my grandma's house or somebody stole it from me. I, I really, I really Michael. think somebody stole it from me. <laughs> you know, I had to do it, Mike. <laughs> 
because <laughs> it's it, it was i mean it was a hot game and it's it's just crazy that it's like i still have pokemon stadium but i could never find pokemon stadium too that's why stone cold steve austin said don't trust anyone and yeah. i let people come up in my grandma's house mm-hmm. and somebody snatched it up yep. yeah I mean, it was pokemon stadium too it was cool remember the cartridge it was silver and gold and man, that yep. game was amazing. It, w- it was so much better than Pokemon Stadium. It was one of the first games alongside with Pokemon Gold and Silver where pre-orders became a thing. Mm-hmm. You know, I remember, um, you know, eh, back in my day um, <laughs> when Toys R Us rip um, was still Ooh. a thing. And they had the little slips of paper, the $5 yeah. slips of paper for I remember pre-orders. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. God, I, I, I they, dude, they had slips of paper for anything video game related or big. So, like, if you wanted the playground, like your parents were going to get you the swing set, they'd have to take the slip, go up to the front mm-hmm. counter, bring the car around back, load it in. Yeah, whole process. God Almighty, so was RS. Hey, uh, it's coming back. Hey, I I was oh, yeah. more of a fan of KB. KB. Yeah, toys. I like KB. KB toys was good too. Back in the day. Funny enough, KB toys was. I don't have them anymore because I lost mm-hmm. them when I when because I moved house a few times. KB mm-hmm. Toys was where I got a good chunk of my action figures, specifically Ronin Warriors, Primal Rage, Primal Ooh. Rage, Primal Rage. Now, a colleague of mine, Matt McMuscles, did a recent wahop on on Primal Rage too, and I decided to do a little digging in my old uh, my old office desk, and I found the cards that used to come with the figures. Yeah, wow. that's wild. Yep. Damn. Talk about a throwback, man. I, I want like it's it's crazy, man, because me and D, we were just talking about this the other day where when we were coming up, like fighting games were everywhere. Yeah. And we, were just we had uh we had I had mentioned uh, the joystick controller and D's son was just like, well what's a joystick controller? And we it's Dang, like we sound like two stick. old men mm-hmm. <laughs> telling them telling them what a joystick controller is because it's like you don't you really don't see them anymore. I Only mean, like, if you're super into fighting games, you have yeah. that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I know yeah. that you can have it, like, you can have them customized. And yeah, made, yeah. Oh, for yeah. sure. And I yeah. can only mm-hmm. imagine how much they charge for that. It's not Depends much. on the maker. Yeah. It depends it's on the maker. It's really not a lot. Depends well, it on also the depends on what you want doing to it. Yeah, too. yeah exactly. It's for parts, sure. the maker, and the labor. So, mm-hmm. so yeah. we knew uh, our, our one friend, Jamel Martin, when he brought out that joystick controller, you already knew it, it was game. You were gonna over. have a bad time. You were gonna have a bad time. Yeah, mm-hmm. we were gonna have a bad time if he pulled that out, man. But yeah, I mean, they were cool. I mean, it was cool seeing. Uh, I feel like they don't do it anymore. But I remember uh, Resident Evil Four. Remember they had the chainsaw controller that came yeah, out. Yeah. The mm-hmm. most weird thing to grab to play a game. Uh-huh. <laughs> I really feel like the last game that did it was Gears of War on the Xbox One when Gears they have of War a chainsaw Five controller came too? out. Now, it wasn't a chainsaw controller. But when Gears of War 5 came it? out, they had the custom, like, Gears-type controller for the yeah. Xbox. Oh, okay. I didn't okay. know that, Trev. But I can't think of anything lately that's like... Yeah, they don't do it. Like, do you guys uh, remember when uh, when Wu-Tang Shaolin Monks came out on the PS1? Yeah. And then they came out with the, the, the PlayStation controller that was shaped like the Wu-Tang Clan symbol? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's kind of yeah. cool. But that that okay, controller man. was garbage, though. It was garbage. And, and I still, <laughs> and I still it like that a, game, it was, too. Isn't it like a 64 controller? It, like that? No. It was like a giant was, W. Yeah. Like, yeah. It, it was very like curved. You had to hold but they it had like the this, things like, like the cradling this. of baby. Yeah. yeah I think uh-huh. we're good. Yep. Yeah. We're good on that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, but it's it's a it's a nice collectible though. And I still have Absolutely. that game. I now that game isn't at my grandma's house. I actually have that here with me. Mm-hmm. But, um, 
I'll send my. Well, we gonna have to roll up the grandma's house. Oh, oh God! And hit I'll, that I'll attic. Say like one it's of like the. A- one of the stupidest that. things that I that I did when it's come to uh, letting somebody borrow a video game. Do you guys remember Aragaz? Yeah. It was the fighting game that had the Final Fantasy characters. characters in it. Oh, mm. man. I let somebody borrow that. And what happened to s- it? You, you know, don't I'm going to ask him if he still has it. Because, I mean, it, it's a classic. It, I mean, it was a fighting game that had Final Fantasy characters up there when Final Fantasy characters were cool. It was just yeah. like when... Uh, when Gundam Battle Assault 1 came out mm. and Fun it game. had Hero Yui up there. Right, yeah. You know, mm. it's just like, I, you know, you didn't know who anybody else was, but you knew who Hero Yui was. Of course. Um, mm-hmm. But with that, I actually did a, a smart move was, because I, I let somebody borrow Gundam Battle Assault and they let me borrow Gundam Battle Assault 2. And then they ended up moving. And I felt like I won in this situation because Gundam Battle Assault 2 was way better. It than had Gundam way Battle more suits in it. Yeah, it's yeah. like yeah, you had the burning Gundam, you had all mm-hmm. these cool, uh, all these cool Gundams in it. Mm-hmm. But um, Brian, I wanted to kind of uh, dial it back into voice mm-hmm. acting. What are some future projects that you have coming up that you can let everybody know about, or can't let everybody know about? Yeah, if you can't, then you don't. Just have to uh, think. just shake your head. Uh-huh. If you're in trouble, just shake your head two times and we'll know. <laughs> if Michael is, in I, the I, I I honestly can't think of anything I'm at liberty to say right now. Um, because I've like, I have done stuff, but I'm still under NDA and I'm still waiting for those things to be done. Mm -hmm. Um, and funny enough, honestly, the thing that's kept me busy, especially during the pandemic is I've been doing voiceover for schools. Nice. Like for quiz, like on like online quizzes and stuff and they pay well too. So (laughs) nice. Um, nice. You got to explain this because, you know, my kids are, you know, virtual. Yep. Mine too. And there's no, yeah, there's no, um, voiceover quizzes that they're taking you know it's Mm -hmm. just there so please explain that well specifically the school i worked with is uh online school program called summit k-12 they're based in austin and they do yeah i've seen those commercials yeah they do uh basically everything for like not just k-12 stuff but esl english Mm -hmm. as a second language and that typically is kind of when the voiceover stuff happens because it's mainly for the esl students so they can learn english and also work on their primary school education so you know it's kind of like how uh you know how sometimes we've taken like those you know those retail corporate quizzes we do before Uh like at the interview and you know it's like in this situation yeah yeah exactly (laughs) so that's kind of what i did and Boy, howdy, did it tighten my diction and how I pronounce Uh certain words. Yeah. And, you know, it's funny. I've actually gotten into not like mean arguments, but like roundtable arguments on how certain words are produced. Because, you know, in some regions, it's got to be like pronounced one way and another region. It's another like the easiest example is the Jewish religion. Right. You know, the Jewish religion Depending on who you ask, it's pronounced in two ways, Judaism or Judaism. Right. And I always went with the uh, the international Judaism. Right. I always called mm-hmm. it Judaism. Yeah. yeah. Same here. Exactly. <laughs> and it's like, it's like, no, well, it has to be pronounced Judaism. And I'm just like, really? It's like, well, that's <laughs> how they pronounce it here in the States. I'm like, whatever, you're paying me. <laughs> so I did it. But yeah, it, E-learning is uh, definitely an interesting venue because, like, I'm glad you brought you you brought this up and you kind of got me on this whole spiel because a lot of people uh, tend to like. Let's see, how can I phrase this? Anime stuff is great. 
Like right. it's fun. Yeah. There's other aspects of the industry that pay more consistently and better. The biggest example is commercials. Right. Like you want to go full time and just do that. You do commercials and you do promos. Because here's how typically uh, commercials work. Commercials are done in campaigns. They mm-hmm. span either six months or 12 months. Let's say you booked a commercial for, I don't know, you know, here at T-Mobile, you know, you do a T-Mobile yeah, right. ad and they run yeah. that ad for six to 12 months. Every month that ad is being run, you get a check. Yeah. Nice. Our former guest, Shel Ramos, is the new T-Mobile lady that yep. like speaks over. And yeah. I know she's collecting that check every month and it's nice. Yeah, exactly. Because like if you like, b- like book, when I booked a big character like Sakuya and Servamp, I was getting a pretty consistent like one to two sessions for like six to 12 weeks. Mm-hmm. And it was, it was fine pay for what it was, you know, a, co- a few hours of my time and, you know, at a good rate. But then- that's it. The show's done. Show yeah. never got a new season. That's it. Right. You know, and you would have to do sessions every day for a few hours to make a living off of just purely like ADR. Right. You know, un- unless you're doing ADR for like a big Hollywood movie. And, you know, commercials, promo, e learning, you know, the stuff that people don't really think about actually is the financial foundation for a lot of full-time VO talent. You talk Mm -hmm. to anyone in LA, especially if you live in LA, you need to be booking commercial gigs to pay that rent. Yeah. You know, so that's something I always tend to talk to people when they want to get into it. It's like, look, the video games, the cartoons, the, the anime, that's really fun, really fun. And I love it when I get to do it. Doesn't pay enough to pay the rent and the bills unless you are booking stuff constantly right right right. you got to be one of the top dogs in it exactly we we heard that before um with one of our former guests uh link ruiz Mm. um how he was telling us you know you have to be doing it consistently um because if not i mean even if you are doing it consistently it's just like sometimes the pay isn't always that good and yeah how you just said when it comes to you know getting in commercials and whatnot you know that will help you in the long run compared to mm-hmm. you know kind of just doing voice acting where um you know once you're done you're done it's like yeah. you have to you have to find the next gig and sometimes you're not going to always land that big role sometimes you might you know come on and just do a couple of lines and that's it mm-hmm. um, yeah you know and that works just for on screen acting as well that's why you see big celebrities still doing like commercials. Like remember the, mm. hi, I'm a PC. I'm a Mac. You know, oh, remember yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, Ju- yeah. Justin, Justin Long was in some pretty big movies. For, yeah. Yeah. You know, like galaxy quest. Um, I think he was in the first Jeepers Creepers. Um, yeah, you know, he was in the second. Well, he was yeah, kind of in cameoed. the second. Kind yeah, of, he did a cameo. Yeah, he sure still, did. Still had to do commercials because, again, commercials running campaigns hey, Shaq, every month. Shaq's still doing commercials. You yeah. know what uh-huh. I mean? So hey, we Jeff don't rule. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Jeff or, or like mm-hmm. John Stamos. I know he did a couple. Oh, yeah, John um, Stamos. He does the yogurt. He does a couple, like you just said. Yeah. Um, Jamie Lee Curtis. Jamie Lee Curtis. Yeah. 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 Jamie Lee Curtis. Yeah. Yeah. Um, or here, I'm going to go real back in time. William Shatner for Price Line. Price Line. That's right. And I'm sure he got compensated extremely well. Yeah, because it's it's not just one thing for your fee that your agent puts up. It's also, you know, a royalty thing because your your likeness is on camera. Uh So 
that check is even more. They and brought that's, on Kuko to do it with them, too. Did a couple, yes. Yes. She did yes. a couple. So. Jennifer she Love Hewitt, she was doing them. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, uh, yeah. Mr. Yeah. T used cars. to do them back in the day. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. Yep. And now Mr. T's back doing commercials again. And yeah. now he's doing it with yeah. Ice P and Stone Cold. So Yeah, exactly. And that's why, um, especially one of the eventual things that even I haven't gotten to that point yet is eventually getting with an agent. And then when you reach a certain point, you would have to join SAG AFTRA, the Screen Actors Guild. Right. Because mm-hmm. they also cover voiceover. And, and you know, in SAG, um try basically try to make sure you get a, a minimum set amount of hours and a minimum payout per session. And now, uh, thanks to some of the uh, actions of uh, some of the LA talent for voiceover uh, who've been fighting for the rights of voiceover, they tend to now make sure the really hardcore screamy lines that literally can damage you, they you save them for last. Yeah. Because, uh, fun story, I, and this is kind of a wrestling thing as well, I auditioned for like an indie card game. I feel really bad. I can't remember what it was, but I auditioned for this game and the card, the character on the card is the Ludus champion. It's like a, like a Spartan kind of looking guy. Yeah. And the, and the direction notes were macho man, Randy Savage. (laughs) So I learned the hard way I can do macho man, Randy Savage. I've done, I've done joke videos of Macho, macho man, Randy Savage in the past, especially when Martin does anything wrestling related. Yeah. I booked the gig. I had to do macho man, Randy Savage for 90 minutes straight. That's wild. I couldn't talk for a week. Yeah, I bet. Yeah, exactly. So that's another thing people tend to not realize is like, these are muscles. These are muscles and you can tear and damage them like any muscle in your body. So if you don't warm up, if you're not careful, you're going to break something and like damage, do damage to something. Um, like I've hurt myself a couple of times in uh, studio sessions. One of them was actually Dragon Ball. It's not Sean Schimmel's famous Super Saiyan 3 screen where he passed out. <laughs> it, for me, it was an episode when Zamasu was being introduced. And it okay. was the flashback with the cavemen, the, you know, the yeah. dinosaur cavemen. Yeah, yeah. I was the caveman dinosaur that Zamasu killed. And I had to let out this guttural, blood murderous scream. I did it. And I felt something pop and bulge out of my trachea. Mm-hmm. And I can still kind of mess around with it. It's like a button, like a toggle switch to this day. A toggle switch. Yeah. So <laughs> I've learned how to be careful. I've, yeah, I've hurt myself with that video game. I've hurt myself with Dragon Ball. So that's another like merit badge on the shoulder. Mm-hmm. And, <laughs> you know, I've heard horror stories. Um, you know, uh, one of my closest friends and my mentor. This guy was my mentor, my OB1. You might have heard of him, <laughs> Brad Venable. Brad um, Venable. Yeah, he unfortunately recently passed away in January. Um and Our condolences. Yeah, uh, thank you so much. Brad 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 has been in like Okay, here's an easy one. Um you know Resurrection F? You know the big yeah. red Shishami? Yes. That was Brad. Brad was wow. also a uh, Griffin. In Devil May Cry Five, he was the bird. Mm-hmm. Oh, the looking at him right now. I'm yeah, looking at he, he, Brad is a wonderful human being that I've had the privilege to know for six years, and Brad has told me stories about the injuries and like he taught me a lot of things to look out for. You know, careful not to do this, don't do that. Mm-hmm. You know, stay hydrated, warm yep. up because he's he's 
nearly lost his career because he's damaged his voice when he had to do World of Warcraft, when he had to do like orcs and stuff. Right. You know, Brad taught us a lot. And I wanted to bring up Brad because Brad not only taught us about how to take care of ourselves and our instrument, he also gave off this presence and he inspired me to really go out of the way to treat everyone with the utmost respect. Like, it's like, we like to talk about ourselves, obviously. We're yeah. people. But I also I like to take the extra mile and try to talk and reach out to people, you know, especially with like with you guys. I like to know about you. Like, you know, Ben, you talk about how you do wrestling and, you know, uh, D, you talk about you, you collect swords and stuff. And Trav, I see some really cool memorabilia behind you, Ninja Turtles and all that. And I like mm-hmm. to know more. It's like, let me know more about you. I'll happily mm-hmm. tell you about myself, but I want to be equal exchange in the conversation you know that's why when i go to sessions i try to learn the engineer's name what they're doing you know like you know one of the engineers i know matt grounds you know i i added him on facebook it's like hey dude how's the ink because he gets tattoos and stuff i'm like is that new ink or did you get it touched up i go out of my way to treat everyone with so much respect and to show genuine interest in who they are because you know i it's i don't like that that textbook hollywood you know snobby stuff it's like no mm-hmm. it's like we're here to work you you that's like it's the engineer's job to make sure i sound good and deliver a good product and they're wizards right. i've done i've done some audio engineering myself and these guys are wizards you know it's it's one Absolutely. thing to like show respect to the director or the writer or whatever but it's also good to show respect to the engineers or the the the, the front desk associate or anything like that treat everyone with as with much respect and people are going to remember that again that's how i that's how i've gotten most of my gigs because i go out of my way and Brad has taught me this to treat everyone with the utmost respect because he had this mentality of a uh, rising tide raises all ships. He hated he hated the competition aspect of this industry. And that's what I try to do as well. Um nice. Brad Brad has taught us all so much and you know I'm trying to pay it forward by passing on the stuff he taught me right. to everyone else, especially in, in these crazy times, this not industry. just this industry, not even just this industry. Done. These times are insane. Yeah. You know, like it's okay to like, you know, check out uh, check people. Hey, how you doing? You holding up? Okay. Or showing interest in people like don't overexert yourself, obviously, but that little extra, like you doing okay. How's it going? You know, mm-hmm. it's like, how's yep. the family or whatever. It goes a long way these days. I, I 100% agree with you, man. Like one thing that I would always do after a wrestling event, um, mm-hmm. you know, I would always thank everybody in the building, like the the person at the concession stand, the mm-hmm. person at the ticket booths, because it's just like they're just as big and just as important as the guys who are wrestling in the ring. Because if, if they're not there, then who's going to do it? You know what I'm saying? And they keep everything I mean, running. Exactly. They keep mm-hmm. everything running. I mean, like, even uh, I want to say it was last week I had went to Wawa and there was this lady in front of me and the cashier, she had asked her, she was just like, would you like your receipt? And the lady was just like, yeah, I want my receipt. And like, she just said it so rude. And when I, when I walked up to her, she was just like, I just don't understand like how people can be like that. I just mm-hmm. asked a question and I was just like, you know, some people, it's just like they just weren't raised right. You know what I'm saying? It's like you should never be mm-hmm. rude to mm-hmm. anyone because it's just like you never know what somebody's going through. You never know, uh, you know, if they're having a bad time at home. So it's like you should always treat people with kindness and respect because mm-hmm. like how you just said, just asking, hey, are you doing OK? How's your day? It's like mm-hmm. that goes a long way. The little because things, it, man. 
it shows mm-hmm. that it's just like you know that you actually care mm-hmm. by just saying that it's just like you don't know how much that means to me that you know somebody's telling me that everything is going to be all right so that's really cool that you know he was that type of person and like that he was a good human being and like mm-hmm. that's what we need more in this world are like good human beings because this is like, we all go we all go through stuff and yeah. I also I also wanted to mention too um when you were talking about him I looked him up and I looked mm-hmm. up his uh, IMDb and my I don't know if you had saw my face but my eyes got real wide because he voiced the newbies on JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. Mm-hmm. And these guys up here and all of our listeners and viewers, they know that I love JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. But and it's not his top five. And not his top ten. Not it's his top number five. seven. It's number <laughs> seven. Well, I'm not going to let him off the hook. It's right? number seven. It's in my top ten. But it's like Anubis was such an interesting character because, a spoiler alert, he was just a sword. And yeah. and he did an awesome job. Like I remember uh, when when he uh, dies in the show mm-hmm. uh, because he gets stuck on a cow, and it was just so funny. And uh, you know, just that role. So I mean, like the story that you just told about him, man. He sounded like a very incredible guy, and it goes a long way when it's uh, when you know he can pass on you know stuff to other people just mm-hmm. by you know just being a decent human being. Yeah, yeah. Pinky's up to Brad. Exactly, you know, and I mean, again, this is what we always talk about on this podcast. Um, I've said it before. It's not that I feel like most most fans don't really care about your career and your credentials. Mm-hmm. They just care about who you are. Like they want to get to know more about you, what mm-hmm. you got in the glass case behind you, what you mm-hmm. know, what games you're collecting, what games you're playing. Yeah. Because anytime you're in the whether it's like a music artist or a sports player or something, when you find out that they also like something that's not related to that, mm-hmm. that you enjoy, it's mm-hmm. like a different kind of connection you got mm-hmm. with them. Yeah. And that's the same with just other, other actors, mm-hmm. you know, that's why, uh, you know, like I said, the reason, uh, like, you know, me, uh, Rico Fiardo, Kyle Phillips, and you know, everyone that we bonded over magic, right. magic, yeah. the gathering, an old card game. That's still going strong. Like, or like my buddy Travis, we both love Godzilla. You know, right. we were in we were in the Shin Godzilla dub. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. Nice. That, that was a big childhood dream come true as well. You know, because like our career is not our lives. You know, right. it's our craft is a big part of our life, but it's not everything around it. You know, like like I said, I mentioned at some point, I like cooking. I do art. I write. You know, I stream on Twitch. If I'm not auditioning or whatever i'm streaming like final fantasy 14 on twitch with my guild or i'm streaming monster hunter rise or something you know mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, i'm nice. i'm a person with interests and hobbies and that's that's something that you're right it's another type of connection that's something we all actually like um i actually one thing i've talked to uh with some of the la people i know is that and i've learned this is i got to meet some pretty pretty big names in a very casual setting because I tend to go to LA for like birthday parties or whatever, just to see friends. And when we're not talking about work, mm-hmm. that's when it's just like, <sighs> finally, we're not right. talking about work. We're talking about our interests, uh, interests. Like uh, we're at a karaoke, like, let's say we're at, we're in like little Tokyo. And we're at a karaoke bar. We don't want to talk about work. Exactly. You know, we, we uh-huh. we'll, we'll talk about like music or like, let's say someone brought in like a, like a local, beer or something we talk about like ipas or something or you know or like hey like you know an easy example i can pull uh out of the ether is my friend jeff Bicente, who's a 
audio engineer in Los Angeles. He's worked on a lot of on, on a lot of shows. We bonded over food. Right. Like That's we easy we share food porn with each other. All right. Yeah. Like especially <laughs> especially because we we like Jeff is also a power lifter. Mm-hmm. Like it's crazy. He dresses up like occasionally dresses up as Moana, uh, Maui from Moana. Mm-hmm. Nice. You know he does, he does he do the singing too. Does the singing? He even rocked the big fish hook. Nice, you know. <laughs> nice. And, and yeah. Dwayne Johnson got some competition out there. Exactly, mm-hmm. you know. <laughs> and like we bond over music because he's also a musician. We bond over music. We bond over food. Whenever we and we will go. He's in California. I'm here in Texas. I will be up till three o'clock in the morning, which is like one a.m. for him. We will just just talk about food music just us venting our frustrations of the industry because we're 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 two sides of the coin he's the engineer i'm the talent so we we're human you know it kind of goes back to the whole you know careful what you say treat everyone with respect yeah we're human it's not good to hold in these frustrations and anger but that's why you need to create a healthy safe venting environment don't just blurt out your anger and frustration (laughs) on social media exactly oh my god yeah it's like brian i can't tell you how many times it's like i've told somebody that's that's young in the business i'm just like hey if you have a problem with somebody don't say it online like actually Mm -hmm. talk to that person or don't say anything at all. Exactly. So many people that will go on Facebook, go on Twitter and be like, yep. yeah, this guy sucks in the ring. And it's just like, <laughs> okay, like that's going to come back and bite you in the ass. Like yeah. you should have say that. And because again, I get it. We're human, especially like in our industry or again, we're performers, you know, Ben, right. you wrestle and, and, you know, I act and we bear our soul to the audience. We are a, an emotional bunch. We're sensitive, mm-hmm. you know, we may not look it, but we are a sensitive bunch and we're going to have moments of frustration or moments of anger, or mm-hmm. we're going to end up working with someone. We, we just, cause like there are going to be people you just don't like, right? Yeah, you know, absolutely. it yeah. happens. You know, there are people I just don't like, but I treat them with, with respect. I've come, it's like, you know what? We're not going to click whatever. We'll just shake hands. We'll nod. We'll do the job, move on. And that's it. Yep. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And when you have these frustrations or, you know, obviously it's not good to bottle it up, but some, you know, there are proper channels to vent these frustrations, you know, like it, let's say you're just, again, if you're having frustrations, just talk to a friend, keep it private, you know, mm-hmm. just don't make it public. Yep. Excuse me. Mm-hmm. Um, Again, there's proper, ch- just like with a job, when you have issues with a job, who do you go to HR? Yep. Mm-hmm. You go to HR. So every there, there's an HR, uh, venue for every industry there's an there's an hr uh, thing for everything you know because like it's it's okay to like kind of have your rant sessions with friends when it's private and it's like because like it's like look i'm just venting i'm frustrated this is no personal beef with anyone i just need to get this emotion out there you know but yeah don't don't put it out there because like i it's that that really annoying disney ride is correct it's a small world after all yeah yeah yeah, yeah, you're right and 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 it's one of those things too where it's like uh because like me and you we work in the entertainment industry Mm -hmm. and it's just like i've always been one of those people where it's just like fans they don't need to know what goes on behind closed doors because it's like this is something that we need to handle 
behind the curtain. And mm-hmm. it's the same thing like with voice acting. It's just like if you have an issue or something, you don't want to put it out there because it's just like it's not for fans to see. Like they don't yeah. understand that because at the end of the day, they're fans. It's just like all like all they do, they watch me wrestle, they listen to you talk. That's all that they're supposed to know. They're not supposed yeah. to know that you hate this person or uh it's just like you don't like this person and stuff like that because it's like now they're forming their own opinions. And it's just like at the end of the day, their opinions don't even matter. But because we live in a world where it's a, you know, first come, first serve, where it's just like, well, if I put this out there, I'll get, and it's like, now this blows up. And like, it might, it might be something as simple as uh, I didn't like the shoes that he was wearing. And it's just like, now, because it's out there in the ether and people have formed their opinions, that's when the rumors start and whatnot. And it's a bunch of stuff that's not even true. Then you have to do damage control, and in the long run, it's it's a pain in the ass. Yeah, the and it can run. be it can be mm. a PR it can be a PR nightmare. Yep. you know, and I've I've seen my fair share of PR nightmares that, out of respect for parties involved, I will not divulge. But I've seen it, and it's a lot of the times it can be stuff that can be easily avoided if you just right, act privately. Absolutely, you know, and like you said. Uh, first come, first serve, uh, you know, be the first one to put it out there, get the clicks. But it's also, you know, this is my personal opinion. I got to preface that. I kind of see social media as a double-edged sword, you know? I say that all the time. Because it's great that we can, you know, reach out and meet people and communicate with people, you know, but the way I see it, and again, it's my own personal opinion, it has kind of diminished the attention span. Yeah. You know, because everyone wants that instant satisfaction, the instant dopamine, you know, that's why those really like gnarly, shady commercials that especially like, you know, they talk about it's like, you know, we stand here looking at numbers, looking for validation. Uh-huh. We watch likes, we watch. Cl- <laughs> and it's it's it, they put they put in that Rod Serling tone, but it's true. Yeah. You know, I've been guilty of it. I've subconsciously gone through Twitter and like, man, no one likes the thing I said or whatever. But you know, there is a cost to interconnectivity. Yep. You know, there's benefits to it and there's uh, detriments to it. Like I said, everyone is now connected to each other. Like D said, bad news travels fast. You know, there's right. pros and cons to it. Yep. Right. But yeah, that's just uh, kind of how it is. The nature of the beast. Right. Exactly. So uh, and, uh, th- I, th- I, thanks for coming to our TED Talk today. Uh-huh. Yeah, <laughs> you guys, you know what I mean? Better about myself. Yeah. Hey, did y'all have anything else that y'all wanted to say before we go in and wrap this thing up? Uh, not really a question, but I definitely want to say what I really loved about how this conversation went. Because I mean, I think people know this by now. Outside of what's your origin story, we do not come in here with questions that we want to ask. We just let the conversation go where the conversation goes. Yep. Thank you, and Draft. The fact that, you know, we're just four dudes sitting here BS all wearing glasses uh, I'm yeah. a dude he's exactly. a dude, dude. she's a dude uh-huh. cuz we're, we're all dudes, dudes hey. hey and you know like I said we're all human beings we all got feelings we all get emotional mm-hmm. and it's nice when people could come in sit down listen to us talk and relate to it and say yeah, yeah. i feel that same way too redemption yeah. i like redemption. these guys redemption hey. Hey, I was telling Brian earlier that um, before, like off the pod, that it's just like a lot of times we have guests that come up here and it's like, so I, I take it that it's just like when they come up here, they don't know who we are and mm-hmm. they think that 
it's going to be like just straight questions asking about their career and anime and everything. But up here, we like having conversations with people. It's just like before before D and Trav showed up, like me and Brian, we were just showing our collections, showing uh, video games that we have and just talking about video games, talking about Falcon and Winter Soldier, mm-hmm. talking about uh, WandaVision. And like that's that's just who we are up here on Leveling Up with Benjamin Banks. We're not like your typical podcast. We're gonna uh, we're like Olive Garden. We're all family here. That's what we yeah. are here on Leveling Up with Benjamin Banks. <laughs> um, one other thing that I wanted to mention before we wrap this up was earlier in the interview you had mentioned uh, Morgan Berry. Now we're gonna be having her up here on the podcast sometime in the future, and. It's cool that you told that story. Mm-hmm. So now when she comes up here, we were like, yeah, we have Brian on. And, you know, he mentioned the story. And like, and we can say, tell we... us how you really feel about Brian. <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you what Brian said about you. <laughs> it's like hey, you are a tape. part of his origin story. <laughs> play the tape. But yeah, exactly. no, I just, I just wanted to say that that was, it was yeah. cool, man. And it's, yeah. it's, it's funny because it's like, we just reached out to her and, uh, you know, now she's coming on and, I, I appreciate that, like, a lot of voice actors want to come up here on Leveling Up with Benjamin Banks because, you know, for some, it's just like they've never done interviews on podcasts before. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like how you were just saying, Brian, where it's like there's more to me than just the voice. Like, Absolutely. I'm, I'm the person behind the voice. It's just like, oh, wow. It's just like, Brian, he likes food. I like food. Uh, maybe I yeah. can go on his Twitter and ask him, like, what's his favorite dish that he likes to cook? So, I'm happy that, uh, you know, in podcast land mm-hmm. that we're able to, uh, you know, have people come up here and just talk and, you know, our listeners and our viewers can find out more about them. So with that yeah. being said, Brian, thank you so much for joining us up here on Leveling Up with Benjamin Banks. We appreciate you coming thank on. Thank you for having me. You're Absolutely. welcome. Hey, no problem. Thanks. <laughs> 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 uh, so uh, before we let you go, let everybody in social media land know where they can find you at. Uh, let's see. You can find me on Twitter at Live Studio Brian. You can find me on twitch.tv slash Live Studio Brian. I stream Sunday, Tuesday, and Thursdays. Mm. Typically, mostly right now, Monster Hunter Rise or uh, or Final Fantasy XIV on Tuesdays. You know, reset day. Got to do those dungeons and dailies. Uh-oh. <laughs> yep. And uh, yeah, you know. And hey, you can hear me in like the recent stuff I've done. Oh, dog. Um, you can hear me. You can hear me. Uh, uh, let's uh, Borderlands 3, man. Absolutely. I'm all, I'm all over that game. You can find Absolutely me. Absolutely are. Nice. But yeah. Nice, nice, nice. Really good guy, man. Really good guy. Uh, hey, but it, it was cool, man. And I love when we have guests come up here on Leveling Up with Benjamin Banks. And I hope that everybody that listens to this episode, that they enjoy it. Because like we said, it's just like people in the industry, it's just like there are people just like you and me. And they have lives too. So mm-hmm. I do hope that somebody who listens to this episode reaches out to Brian and just like, oh, well, I love to cook. And let me see what some of his favorite dishes are. Like maybe we can swap recipes. Hey, maybe somebody be like, fish is my favorite dish. Hit him with that Eric B. You never know. I was about to say. Hey, hey, come on, bro. That's Eric B and Rock Kim right there, man. We ain't about to hit on. We ain't about to hate on the classics. I'm going to let Trav have that one. Hey, I'm just saying. Hey, that line was hot in 1991 when it came out. It was, man. It's in 1991. You know, like that. But yeah, like I said, really good episode. You know, much success to Brian and his career. We can't Mm -hmm. wait to hear his Definitely. voice in some future projects like i said earlier in the episode we may hear him in dragon ball super again you mm-hmm. know i mean, right. i thought it was cool how he said that 
you know, they just brought in the the list and it was just like, choose who you want to be. Like, how, how awesome is that? You yep. know? That's right. They, they said, it, it's yours for the picking. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And he, he, said, saw, I, he said, I like you and I, I want, want you. Uh-huh. And, <laughs> and, and he chose somebody that was, if they weren't somebody that just got eliminated like that. You know what I'm saying? It's like they actually put up a, quite a fight, then they got eliminated compared to some of the people in the tournament of power, where it's just like Vegeta just shrugged them off of the off of the uh, the little island like they were nothing. Yeah. So uh, with that being said, D, let everybody in social media land know where they can find Rebellious D at. That's going to be Rebellious double underscore D23 at Instagram.com. Trav? Hey, and you know it's the one-stop shop for your boy on the Instagrams at ZK Audio. And hey, if they in the tournament and they need somebody to come in and they can't trust Frieza, who they gonna call? You gonna call the Ghostbusters, and then after you call the Ghostbusters, you're gonna call me your hero, Benjamin Banks. And you can find me at King Benji underscore Banks on Twitter and Instagram. You can look me up on Facebook at Benjamin Banks. I should be the first person to pop up. If not, then I need to contact Mr. Zuckerberg. Make sure that you check out all of the Leveling Up with Benjamin Banks social media accounts at Leveling Up Banks on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And then if you want to donate to us and you're feeling generous, we have a Patreon and it's at Leveling Up Banks. Thank you to all of our patrons who donate to us. We love you and we appreciate you for supporting us. And also make sure that you check out our YouTube channel where we release videos weekly, daily sometimes, and bunches of reviews and all of that other good stuff. And that is YouTube slash Leveling Up with Benjamin Banks. Thank you for always supporting us. Thank you for listening to our episodes. And we'll see you next time on Leveling Up with Benjamin Banks. Peace.